time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies, and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's a Wednesday, it is Check It Out Hump Day with Mr Matthews in the studio. And along the lines of the hashtag letter of apology, Sarah has written saying, I'm sorry to Paul for missing his book club. I've been ill and I'm still a bit under the weather. I'm sorry for missing that day. Oh my goodness, no need to be sorry at all. If you're feeling under the weather, the most important thing is to get better. And by the way, good morning. Good morning indeed. <laughs> How are you doing, Paul? Anything exciting happen over the past seven days of your life? Uh, well, something exciting is happening this Saturday. Oh, oh. getting no. married again? No, no. no. Our theatre company, because we, we haven't been able to do a lot of theatre, but we're, oh. we've got a performance coming up on Saturday. It's a very small thing at the Korean Braille Library. Wow. Um, and we're doing a, a barrier-free storytelling workshop. That's amazing. How are you doing that? Is it any different to a regular storytelling? Well, yeah, because it's it's designed for, for children who are sighted or mm-hmm. who have vision. Impairments, and okay. the idea is that everybody gets to participate. So it's not about the visuals. Yes, it's about the sounds, the touches, the smells. Wow. It's about experiencing it together. It's the first time for us doing this, so it's all very exciting and all a little bit nerve wracking. That sounds brilliant. I hope I'm I don't sure. have to apologise afterwards. <laughs> you no know letters of apology. Hopefully, I don't think you're fluent in many things, but maybe not writing Braille. That might be a, a barrier no, too but, far. But I have been I have been learning about Braille in Korea's unique Braille. System. Oh. It is fascinating. Yeah, you know, in Korea, you come across it quite regularly in elevators, like sure. under the numbers. And it's always interesting to look at the symbols and maybe give them a touch in non-corona times. I'd love to look more into that as well. Uh, today, we've got a poem to read. It's been a while since a listener has sent one in. Uh, we do. So I'm very glad to get it because, you know, it's the time for sharing, December mm. and all that. It's mm. a lovely poem uh, from Tropic Girl K. Um, and uh, yeah, without further ado, it's called Hugs and Kisses. Oh. Okay. Oh, we've got some music. Amazing. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to read sorry, the poem. Sorry, sorry, The way the strap slid off my shoulders. Sensual. As though it was you undressing me. Your finger brushing ever so gently my skin as I folded into you. Warm. My chest tapping codes against your ribcage. Poised, I waited for your lips to my cheek. Aware of your grazing chin and the softness of your hair, both electrifying the nape of my neck. Your ear coming to nest tenderly upon my collarbone. Hi, you said, as you held me tight. It was only a hug, but to me, this was heaven. so racy I, I sneezed for a Wednesday it's morning not, it's not Goodness. racy it's a hug wow. it's all about human contact because we don't have time to, to read the whole explanation but basically in Covid times mm. a lot of people are missing the simpleness of even just a hug I think it's beautiful 
brilliantly done, well done. I'm glad we could share it with everyone. It's a poetic hug. On to today's book, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> a little fart. Lovely. That was a trumpet, oh, not sorry, a fart. Sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we got? What's the book? Uh, well, because Christmas and the New Year is almost upon us, and for many that means meeting up with family, or in Corona times, not being able to meet up with family. Mm. And as we know, when we meet up with families, families don't get along all mm, the time. You've yes. got your arguments, you've got your snide comments, <laughs> you've got your disagreements about what side dish to serve with the turkey. Yes. Um, but it's family life. Yeah. So I brought a story all about family life. A really curious tale of a family that come together over the disappearance of their father. Uh-oh. Yes, it's called Runaway, and it's written by Cho Namju and translated by Jun Miseli. The Korean name is... Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I feel like a long time ago we did a story about a missing father. Or we've done many where someone has been missing. Sure. Maybe that's why it rings a bell. The author, though, is the first time we've covered them. Yes, but she will be familiar to many people because she is the world-famous author of Kim Ji-young, born 1982. Oh, I see, which we haven't covered on we the haven't, show. We haven't been able to cover yet because, of course, we need to get copyright permission mm-hmm. from the translator and so on. Okay. Um, but we have got this short story from her. Uh, I mean, Kim Ji-young, born 1982, was a huge success, a million bestseller here in Korea. Yes. Also big around the world, bringing to attention what life is like for women in Korea on an ordinary basis. Yeah, not too much drama and stuff, but real lives. And my wife and sister-in-law watched it together and they said, wow, yeah, that's what it's like. You know, yeah, no glamorising anything. It's, it's a little bit of a hard read at times, but if you want to know what life is like for an ordinary woman, mm. it really does bring that perspective. And it was the movie, right, as well? Yeah, 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 yeah with Gong Yu. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cho Nam Ju, she was born in Seoul in 1978, studied sociology at university and then went on to work on uh, a TV show a current affairs TV show as a freelance scriptwriter. Oh. Uh, then she got married, she gave birth, and she sort of gave up work for a bit. And then she sort of went, well, I have to do something. And she started <laughs> writing. Uh-huh. And then her writing career took off with a literary debut in 2011. And for the past 10 years or so, she's been writing book after book after book. And she often focuses really on societal issues. I think coming from her, her background of studying and a work on current yeah. affairs shows, um, she's looking at the disadvantage, those on the margins of society. And this story, well, we're looking at a family that's not your normal family. Yeah, she did cause a stir with that Kim Ji-young born 1982. I think unfairly there were some fairly right-wing male groups saying it was too feminist and stuff like that. Uh, but well, it broke through that barrier, I think. I'm completely. sorry, but they're talking a load of nonsense. <laughs> I'm a man, and yes. when I read that book, it gave me a really good insight into what I have not experienced. And I personally, I think it should be on the syllabus at school in Korea. It does seem like a really good education, like something real about what family life can be and how you can neglect someone so close to you as well. Looking at the translator, we have featured Chun before. Yes, Jun Miseli, this is our fourth time featuring her. She's brilliant. Uh, graduated from the Graduate School of Simultaneous Interpretation at the Hanguk University of Foreign Studies. Uh, went on to study getting her PhD at the University of British Columbia in Canada. 
Um, she's done a number of translations, over a dozen pieces of Korean literature. Wow. And, uh, well, she's great. She manages to capture Cho Namju's... Uh, voice really really well okay so this is a short story you mentioned uh yes this is not a short short story but a long short story (laughs) (laughs) so it'll take you maybe an hour or so to read but it's well worth it and it's one of those bilingual editions you can buy so you get the korean text along with the english text okay so where are we gonna start uh we get the family finding out that father has gone missing from mother On the 17th of last month, I had a gay club meeting. When I returned home, I found a note on the fridge door. Mother, instead of getting up, pushed herself sluggishly toward the TV cabinet, dragging her behind along the surface of the floor. She then took out a piece of paper from a drawer and came back with it in her hand. The eldest brother snatched the note from Mother's hand. The second elder brother leaned over and read the note loudly. I no longer have a long time left to live. Too late as it is, I'd like to spend the rest of my life the way I really want to. Don't look for me, I'm taking 1.6 million won from the savings account. I'm sorry. After reading the note, the second elder brother gave a hollow laugh and said, Father must have gone senile, don't you think? At that moment, the sister-in-law came back carrying a big tray with five cups of coffee on it. The second elder brother fell silent, and the eldest brother handed the note back to mother. Upon reading it once more, mother burst into tears. I've been telling myself he'll come home today or tomorrow, but, but now I know worrying all by myself isn't going to solve the problem. What can we do? Taking a sip of coffee noisily, The second elder brother answered, There's nothing we can do but report it to the police. Father's not a missing person. He left home of his own accord. Would the police take it seriously? Look at the note. He made it clear that he was leaving home voluntarily. Moreover, he's neither physically disabled nor mentally impaired. A sane and healthy adult man has left home. Reporting to the police? Nonsense. A better thing to do is hire a private detective. Brother... Aren't you being too negative? You know how old father is. He may have suddenly gone senile or had some money problems that we're not aware of or or fallen victim to someone's grudge. Or he could have been involved in a crime for all I know. Look who's really negative, dude. Go ahead, keep on croaking. To stop their wrangling, I asked, Mother, don't you know anybody you can call? As you know, your father keeps no contact with anyone. After retirement, he's been staying home every day watching TV. I already called his eldest brothers, pretending to just say hello. But they seem to know absolutely nothing about him. The only phone numbers stored in his cell phone are yours, his eldest brothers and sisters. Now, all about Korea. Korea. Arirang Radio. 
And we've got lots of messages to read out as well. Princess Mama says, maybe the father doesn't want to deal with the family anymore. Maybe that's why he's gone missing. Well, well, let's see, let's see. Okay. Uh, Silver Granny uh, saying, maybe the family needs to figure out what he really wanted to do. Again, a very good interpretation. If they want to find him, yeah. Sophie from Kotakinabalu saying, oh, maybe life was too much to bear. The father just deciding what he wanted to always do and doing it for himself. Maybe he's just done with his responsibilities. He wants to live his life. All interesting points of view. I've got one. I feel like I need to read this with an accent from Tropic Girl. Okay. I sometimes feel I can do this, just leave my life and go off and spend a year writing in the Scottish Highlands. The father probably kept his dreams to himself, maybe felt stifled or stifled. And now the kids are all grown up. He can do what he wants to do. Wow, I felt like Sir Alex Ferguson was in the Aye. studio there. Tropic Girl's not from Scotland, but talking about no, the but Highlands. Going, going to the there. Scottish oh. Highlands, I put on the accent like that. Do you think maybe the Korean guy in this story went and practiced that accent? No, no, it doesn't. End no, up it like doesn't that. work like that. No. Oh dear! You know, I I saw that and uh, the message left, and it kind of brought up a load of feelings inside. I was thinking, yeah, I can kind of understand that. Maybe you've been sacrificing yourself for mm. the family. You've maybe got a. Uh, terminal diagnosis or something like that it seems maybe that's fair and then i thought the other side all these family members worrying about them yeah. as well what's going on here so whose point of view is this story being told from by the way from the youngest daughter there's three ah, siblings there's okay. the eldest brother the middle brother and then the youngest daughter and okay. it's from her we never know her name mm-hmm. but she just refers to herself so do we find out what has happened? Because they were suspecting maybe it's a crime, maybe he's gone senile. Uh, no, he's he's run away. Okay. It's as simple as that. Um, so when we start the, the story, the narrator gets a phone call from her mother and she can't believe it because her mother's like, uh, yeah, your father's run away from home. Oh. And uh, yeah, he's been gone for a month. Uh-oh. <laughs> so she's like, what? Because yeah. her father is a really typical sort of Korean man, yes. older man. Um, he's got an ordinary life. He, he had an ordinary job. He retired and became an ordinary pensioner. Just watching TV all day, which is very ordinary. My yeah. uncle does that every day. <laughs> but he's just, he's he's done something so out of character. Wow. And so her mother's like, can you please tell your brothers about it? Oh. And she does. Uh-huh. And they all go to their parents' house for dinner to talk things over. And that's where we got the reading from. Uh, yeah. And before she gets to the house, she gets to the alleyway by the house and she can smell Chungguk Jang. Oh. And for those who don't know, <laughs> Chungguk Jang is Twin Jang's, the fermented soybean paste, stinkier cousin. Yes. It's a much beloved dish of some people, mm-hmm. but for others it smells like feet. It can be a bit too pungent for many. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the food they could never eat when father was at home because oh. he always complained about the smell. But wow. he's run away, <laughs> so mother has made it for them. Okay. Uh... And it's comforting. It's really comforting food. Mm. And this father's family eat together and they're really, really happy. Oh. They're just enjoying the moment. <laughs> okay. But then after dinner, they gather in the living room for coffee. And that's mm. when the mood turns gloomy. You know, when mother confesses what's happened, shares the note. Uh-huh. And the brothers are squabbling. Should we call the police? Should we hire a detective? Mm. And then her mother... For the first time in her life, she hears her mother, instead of murmuring and sort of talking like this, she uh-huh. speaks clearly and loudly and forcefully. Oh, she's kind of taken on that role. Yeah, because when father was at home, he took over the conversation, but now he's gone, she's telling the boys to stop squabbling. Oh. And uh, mother also asked the narrator, 
What about the bills? Oh. The reason, actually, she's waited a month is that uh-huh. now the bills have come and she doesn't know how to pay them. Oh, that was the father's role as well. Exactly. <sighs> so now she has to be independent. And mm-hmm. the police are no help. Uh, days and weeks pass. There's no news of father. Mm. But then something odd happens. Oh. Uh, the narrator... Um, had given her father one of her credit cards because her father was talking about, oh, I'd quite like to have a credit card to sometimes use. And so months before, she'd given him it and said, look, this is a a present from your hardworking daughter. Don't don't blow the bank, (laughs) but, you know, get yourself a treat every now and again. Okay. And every time he uses the card, she gets a text message. Oh, that's common here in Korea, isn't it? Yeah, and so suddenly... She gets a message <gasps> on her phone. Oh, Sherlock Holmes styley. Can we uh, see some clues here? It's time for our second excerpt. It was on Sunday morning, which was the day after we had the second family meeting, when I received a text message on my cell phone. Web dispatch, credit card approved, 4,501 lump sum payment, 12th, 11, 09, 11, Samgori Itari, accumulation, 4,501. Not fully awake, I, I checked the message and thought it was spam. Irritated, I tossed the phone down and was about to turn over when it suddenly occurred to me. It's father. The record of father's card payment had just been sent to my cell phone. In a flash, blood rushed to my head and my eyes smarted. I first thought I would call the eldest brother, but while searching the directory for his phone number, I had second thoughts and stopped myself. I've got to stay calm. Father knows that each time he uses the card, a text message is sent to my cell phone. When I received the text regarding a bill payment at an orthopaedics clinic, I called father to ask if he'd been injured. We now receive a text message right after each credit card payment. Since it's my card, the texts are sent to me. Does that mean that you've been receiving texts all along? (laughs) My goodness, I can't even use the card without minding my daughter. He laughed. But he used the card again a few days later. I was certain that this time again, it was father himself using the card. Not a case of a lost card or an act of crime. Even when he knew that I would receive the text. He paid 4,501 for his breakfast with the card anyway. Why did he do that? I opened my laptop and searched the internet for Samgori Itairi. There were so many eateries with the same name across the country, all of which sold knife-cut noodles, spare ribs, soy sauce seasoned cutlass fish, and chicken boiled with rice. I wanted to log in my account on the credit card company's homepage but couldn't remember my code number. I tried and failed to log in once, twice, three times, and after the fourth incorrect code, a guide message asked me to enter my resident registration number as well. I followed the instruction but failed to log in twice more and was warned that my account would be locked with one more mistake. I called the customer services center, but the only service available on Sundays was for reporting lost or stolen cards. She's so close, yet so far, it seems. Yeah. Is she able to track this down? Because there seems to be like a chain of restaurants everywhere. Well, well, well there's lots of... Because Samgori is T-Junction. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the T-Junction restaurant. So here in Korea, it may not be a, it may not be a franchise, but sure. rather it's just at a T-Junction. Mm. 
but so she's not she's not able to get to her father. She does locate the restaurant. Oh. And it's in an area of Seoul that her father never usually goes to. Okay. And so there's no way to really track him or the card. Uh-huh. And then a month later, she gets another text message. A month later? Yeah. Oh. He spent money in a coffee shop in Hongdae. Okay. So she drops what she's doing, gets in a taxi, rushes there, but she's too late. Oh, no. The staff have already changed shifts. There's no sign of her father. No witnesses. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so the fatherless family continue to meet up, and they're getting on more harmoniously than ever. Seems positive in this bad situation. Yeah, because the two brothers now, they help with the cooking and the washing up of the family meal, and there's this sort of strange... peace that has been reached oh yeah i got a little inkling of that from the first explanation where mother was maybe talking more confidently as well oh is this the twist perhaps arirang radio the more often we cook and eat together the better we get to know one another. The eldest brother has patisseries and baker's certificates. His dream is to open a small bakery-cum-caf where he can bake and sell pastry and bread. He's only thinking about it now, but as soon as he has enough money saved, he'll put it into practice. His wife agrees to his plan and they are preparing for it together. Now, I also know that the second elder brother and his wife have visited infertility clinics. They had no problem having the first child, but since then they have not been able to have a second one. They were heartbroken before, of course, but now they are determined to be content with raising their only child well. But then those around the couple keep saying that they should have another child, otherwise the first child will be too lonely. Whenever they hear it, they feel frustrated. Mother, who often said the same, has apologized to the brother. The three of us who have never exchanged any text messages, now have a group chat room. Moreover, we take turns giving mother a phone call every evening to check if she is all right. I've broken up with my boyfriend, been promoted, and extended the rental contract of my place another two years. The text messages of the card payments are still coming, though rarely. 12,000 won at a karaoke room in Wanshinni, 58,000 won at an outlet in Paju, 16,000 won at an eatery at the approach to Jiddy Mountain. 124,000 won at a raw fish restaurant on Jeju Island. I used to race to the place of the card payment by taxi as soon as the message arrived. But each time, father had already left the place, and neither the part-time workers nor the other customers remembered father clearly. After several failed attempts, though, I stopped hastening to the places even after I received messages. Some people, if they hear me saying so, will call me crazy. But I believe the text messages are Father's way of letting us know how he is doing. I'm doing fine. It's beautiful here. Don't worry about me. Don't tell your mum. I think of my father climbing Jiddy Mountain, gazing out to the sea surrounding Jeju Island, drinking takeout coffee and walking the streets crowded with young people. I'm sorry to say this, But even without father, the rest of us are doing just fine. Father also seems to be doing all right away from his family. So, 
when he returns home someday, I believe we will be able to get along well together, as we used to, as if nothing had ever happened. That's an interesting little twist to this story. Silver Granny Lynn, with my feelings, says, I think that in retrospect, maybe the father may have done the family a favour by leaving. You know what, Silver Granny? I think you are absolutely right. It's like brought them closer together through that act. I wonder if that was like his meaning, if he knew that would happen, or if it's just like a an interesting side effect of it. You know? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. And that is the end of the story. So he never never comes back. Never appears again. We don't know if it's even him with these credit card text messages, I suppose. it's him. Come on, it's got to be him. I hope so. Um, (laughs) So maybe he'll come back, maybe he won't. What's interesting, though, is that Joel, the writer, in her writer's note at the end of the story, Mm. she talks about how the first draft of this was written one month after her own father's death. Oh, interesting. So you could look at it as a story of mourning for the loss of a loved one. Maybe a happy ending that... Maybe her father didn't go through. Maybe it's his experience, but I doubt it. Maybe she's thinking. I it's would okay. imagine. Yeah, yeah. just letting her father know it's it's okay for you to have left us. Mm. I know you're doing well. We're doing well. One day we'll be reunited in heaven. That Aww. kind of feeling. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, there's not too much negativity from the family towards the father. In no, the story, no, no. Then. It's just he's gone. He's wow. gone, and and they don't understand why, but they accept it and they move on and they become closer for it. And that's what I love about this story. Normally, if you've got a, a missing parent, mm. there would be tears, there would be tragedy, there might even be a funeral by the end of the book. But here, yeah, he's gone, and okay, life goes on, and well, actually. Now that he's gone, things are better than they were. Yeah, we're communicating. We've got a chat group and everything. I love it, but, a big but, if this happened with me and my wife just up sticks when we're old and having a nice time together, I would be quite upset, I feel. I mean, I would try to say... For the best, yeah, you've gone. But what if I want them in my life? Am I being too selfish? Yeah, but you're not this family. This is a different family. So, so She's not leaving me, is she? I've just just got a text message. Oh, oh, we'll talk about it after the show. Letter of apology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I find this, I I love this story. I think it's such a sweet, lovely story, Mm. at the same time being about a missing person. Um, But it's also interesting is it takes the traditional stereotype of the Korean father and it lets him break out of that stereotype, Mm. which I think is really fascinating because men, let's face it, men and women in every country are forced into particular stereotypes sometimes, especially all older people sure and those roles that are so expected here in Korea I suppose exactly and and we we know from the narrators uh, talking about the past that he was a typical father and behaved in a typical way like Mm. he 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 gave her money to rent an apartment but the the caveat was you've got to get married within two years Uh, okay another traditional thing right but now that she now that he goes well Mm. I can't get married now because my father's disappeared it's going to be really weird trying to meet the other family so (laughs) and explain that yeah 
there. Yeah. Tropic OK saying even the karaoke room mentioned in the story seems like the father's having fun, enjoying his life finally. So beautiful is that the family are now talking to each other. Sometimes it can take a little trauma to bring everyone closer together. Exactly. And that's what I really like about Cho Namju as a writer. She manages to take difficult situations, but also sometimes turn them on their heads. Mm. And it's a really good example of how families are changing here in Korea and how we have to be more accepting of the fact that traditions of the past are being left behind or they're changing, they're evolving, they're being adapted for 2021, 2022. Yeah, we talked recently about, I think it was called Cholhon. Have you heard that term? Before. No, what does it mean? So, kyoron meaning wedding, so the yes. hon from wedding, and then chor from chorop meaning graduation. Yes. So, in your later life, you graduate from being married and live separately, okay. like to go both do what you want to do as individuals. Yeah. And you don't necessarily divorce, maybe you come back together, maybe you don't, but it's kind of like another stage, another option where you can break out of that. Traditional mold. Actually, no one couple who have done that. Oh wow! Are they happy? Like, I, I, I'm not sure. I've heard that they've done it. Okay. Um, I, I hope they're very happy, whatever yeah. the situation they may be in. I mean, it would be lovely if it ends like a fairy tale and your parents grow all together and they're happy. But if they're not. Forcing them to live those lives, that's a real kind of selfish, cruel thing, I think. I think, I think that's, that's what it is. It's learning to accept what you cannot change. Mm. And if your father and your mother are not meant to be together, then why force them to be together when maybe they'll be happier living separate lives? Absolutely. Uh, OK, Paul, as ever, thank you for your readings. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Thanks to Asia Publishers for the help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thank you to Chon Namju for her beautiful story and to Jun Misa Lee for her translation. I will be back next week with... I'm not going to say what I'm going to be oh, next week. Something of a, a surprise. surprise. All right. We'll see you then, Paul. Have a good week. Goodbye. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.